1: This is an official download from thecustardtv.com.
3: there Twin Peaks aficionados uh my name is Gary joining me is Mike hello Mike hello there have you had a good week
2: I have it's been a very hot very sticky oh. week
3: <laughs> for those people who are listening to this not inside the London and the UK well the UK area we've yeah. had record temperatures uh which for Brits is you know anything above 25 is a pain in the neck
2: uh it's so <laughs> funny are- I've I've never heard people moan so much as this week about the heat it's just hilarious isn't it
3: and we, we complain when it gets cold we complain when it gets hot um i think you'll yep. gather that british people love complaining uh, <laughs> so uh, that's that's, our, that's our, our reason for being but yeah it has been unseasonably hot i sleeping was the worst thing for me because you just oh, don't
2: no it's a killer an absolute killer
3: and, and you just don't realize how much you rely upon sleep for you know everything, <laughs> until you go without it, you know you don't realize how much a good night's sleep sets you up for the next day. So yeah,
2: you start feeling so dazed the next day, and uh, you know oh. you start feeling like you're in Twin Peaks or something. Everything's very surreal all of a sudden. Yeah,
3: every that that scene where he's in that room where everything's stop motion, you feel a bit like that.
2: Yeah, I felt a bit like Dougie in the office this week. Actually, at oh, times really? I've just felt a bit brain dead. I think it's the it, heat.
3: It'd be quite nice if someone brought me coffee and and and, and pushed me into rooms and meetings. So that'd be quite yeah. nice. Exactly. Just let me be brain dead for a while. That's fine. Oh, Wouldn't it be nice? Uh, <laughs> that brings us nicely on to the fact that we're going to be talking in this uh, this podcast about episodes four to seven. Now, uh, we talked about episode three last time. We've decided that we're going to try something a little different today. So instead of talking about the episode, in a sense, we're going to actually pick up on some of the plots and themes of, of the series. Because... One of the things that that we've got a thought of is there's lots of these different strands in each episode, isn't there that, that, like like all good series like Game of Thrones like um, like things like that, that where they where you get different scenes which pull along little bits of each episode. Yeah, um, yeah. we think it might be different to actually talk about those plot lines rather than what actually happens in each episode.
2: Well, do you know what? So so little happens in each episode, to be honest, that actually, when boiling it down to looking at what story strands you know, what happened in each story strand across these four episodes when I was sort of writing it down?
3: Actually, it's not that
2: much, and it's actually easier no. <laughs> to do it that way, to be honest.
3: It makes you think, how are they spreading these out to an hour? You know, yeah. what are they doing? Sort rather, of? That,
2: rather than just sort of say, okay, in episode six, one character, you know, cracks open a cup of coffee and says hello to someone, and that's about it. You know, yeah. at least there's something a bit more substantial to talk about if we talk about four episodes <laughs> worth it.
3: The kind of major plot lines that, uh, that Mike has uh, pulled out for us, and we're going to talk about. First is uh, the aforementioned and Dougie now uh a brief recap that Dougie is inhabited by the the spirit but not yet the brain of uh the good agent Cooper from the Black Lodge the one that had been in there 25 years yes Uh, we we now know a bit more about Dougie don't we we kind of know what his job is what his home life is yeah and we now know that he was in a lot of trouble before he was agent Cooper wasn't he
2: this is really agent Cooper who we're following here. And this is the really the only constant strand in, in the seven episodes we've had so far is, is this is the only thing that we see every episode is, is, is Dale Cooper and how he's progressed. And he's living the life of this guy called Dougie. And he's, he's kind of, he's, he's been lumbered. He's basically brain dead having come out of the black lodge. And everyone around him thinks he's this other guy called Dougie. And he's got a wife played by Naomi Watts, who's called Janie. I think her name is Janie E. He's got a son called Sonny Jim. He's got this uh, insurance company that he works at with all these colleagues, and he's kind of living Dougie's everyday life, but as this kind of zombified, brain dead vegetable almost, yes. who bit by bit, episode by episode, is starting to learn and, and they're starting to show tiny, minute signs of Dale yeah. Cooper bit by bit, but it is really drip fed to us week by week. And-
3: there are these little glimmers of of the Cooper coming through, little little Absolutely. bits like uh, the the wonderful scene where he sees um, the the office guy with the coffee, <laughs> and, and, and he gets and, very and excited. He's very excited by the coffee because, of course, you know, Agent Cooper has the relation to coffee, and and the way in which he drinks the coffee, almost like it's the last drink you're ever going to have. You know, with your hands all round it and. Savoring every sip and everything like that. It, that that was great.
2: Yeah. It's almost like David Lynch is playing on our expectations, and he knows he knows that you know in the old series, just a, a simple cup of coffee. Came this iconic thing. It became this yeah. thing everyone thinks of Twin Peaks as always oh, the program about the coffee. And you know, even just Dougie drinking a cup of coffee got everyone so excited. Oh my God, yeah. he's drinking coffee. He spotted a cup of coffee. How often in TV programs does that happen? Where that is like one of the climactic moments. Of yeah,
3: when that's when that's a, a spotable moment.
2: The other thing he has is this strange kind of sixth sense almost, and it's something that Dale Cooper did always have. It wasn't as overtly kind of obvious in the old series, but he always went on instinct. You know, he was. Solve crimes yeah. by throwing a rock at a bottle, and 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 you know I, I, following up these. Yeah, following all these Sorry. weird kind of meditative, you know, all these weird methods. And it's kind of the same now. He, we're, we're seeing, you know, he's he's able to suss out when somebody is lying because they have a green glow on their face. Or he's able to get the jackpot in Vegas because he sees this red glow above the machine. And yes. he's able to kind of work on his instinct and still achieve things, even though he's this brain dead, you know, zombie. And,
3: and as you say, that some people around him can kind of see that. We, we're still not entirely sure what all the scribbles meant. But his boss worked out from putting them together that that there was a, a link. And and whether he made the link in those documents or whether he just hit upon something, as you say, we don't know. But it, it certainly it's got to do with his dodgy work friend who, um, you know, it, it clearly has been sort of, you know, fiddling the books and, and, and he's been getting Dougie to cover for him.
2: This is the strand out of all of them that is the one that is infuriating everyone the most, I think, yeah. you know, I mean... When you look at all the other ones we're going to go through, it's very much your typical David Lynch mystery type stuff. But this is the stuff that people are really, I think, uh, there are some. Uh, you know, for instance, my girlfriend is on the edge of giving up watching Twin Peaks because oh, really? she's like, if he if he doesn't become Agent Cooper again soon, I can't watch this Dougie stuff any longer. And it really is. It's the, it's the one thing I think that is is having people on tender hooks every week as to when is he going to stop being I like
3: this the suspense. Dougie. Like I like the waiting. You know, I mean, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, to get to cooper but i think it was an interesting idea to make people wait
2: i think it is too i mean he spent 25 years in this weird hellish lodge place it would be it would seem cheap if he just came back in episode one and was just normal agent cooper again after 25 years being away you know they have to pay that off in some way and he's got the time to do it he's got 18 episodes so he's just taking his time with getting agent cooper back i think
3: wife uh paid off the two the two people that are his gambling debt didn't he she paid them the the fantastic negotiation that she did
2: <laughs> yes 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 <laughs> it was brilliant yeah.
3: it's another it brilliant a- scene where where she basically negotiates with these two hardened criminals about how much she's going to get and they're going to like it
2: I loved it I think she is a brilliant character actually when she first started I thought oh she just seems like a bit of a kind of very cardboard cut out wife who is very kind of uh, you know oh Dougie where have you been what time What time do you call this you know and, yeah. and, and actually the more we've seen her over the last four episodes the funnier she's gotten and the, the tougher she's yeah. gotten and the stronger character she's become she's actually very funny I, I quite enjoy any scene that Naomi Watts is in at the moment
0: explain to me exactly what Dougie did to make him owe you money
1: He borrowed
0: it. What do you mean, he borrowed it? He
1: took points on a football game.
0: He got greedy, he doubled down, it didn't work out for him. Out 20 grand he was, plus interest. Now that was three weeks ago. The meter's still running, it's up to 52. So let me get this straight, people were playing games, he made a bet where he lost $20,000, but you want him to pay you back $52,000. Very good, that's correct. Okay, so you get this straight. My husband has a job, he has a wife, he has a child. He does not make enough money to pay back 52,000 for anything. We are not wealthy people. We drive cheap, terrible cars. We are the 99 percenters, and we are shit on enough. And we are certainly not going to be shit on by the likes of you.
1: Nevertheless, lady. So here's
0: what we're going to do. Without my knowledge, my husband came to you for a loan of $20,000. You were nice enough to give it to him, but he should never have been gambling like that. I'm gonna pay you back. Now, at my bank, where we make less than 1% interest on what little money we have, people will be turning cartwheels just to get 25% interest on any loan. And that is what I'm generously gonna give to you right now. $25,000. That is my first, last, and only offer We are living in a dark, dark age, and you are part of the problem. Now I suggest you take a good long look at yourselves because I never want to see either of you again.
2: She's a brilliant actress and, you know, when she was in Mulholland Drive, the brilliant David Lynch film, again, she had this style of acting that was almost so over the top that to begin with, you kind of think she's acting quite badly. And then you kind of get into the swing of it and you realise that actually, because it's this kind of strange, dreamlike Hollywood fantasy Mulholland Drive, and I think it's the same thing with this. I mean, I don't know how you feel, but this whole Las Vegas Story. This weird street with all these empty houses and this office block. Everything just feels a bit off to me. Like everything doesn't feel quite real compared to all the other stories. Very,
3: very different to the idea that David Lynch has of Twin Peaks. You know, the small town America. I mean, Las Vegas is weird. I mean, there isn't another place on the world like it. You know, it's built basically on the idea of gambling and entertainment, and everything around it supports the the city. That part of the city. There's no. You know, Las Vegas doesn't have a sports team or I think it might be soon, but it doesn't have a sports team or a, a, a high street. It just has the Las Vegas strip and the city around it.
2: Yeah, so maybe yeah, that's yeah. what's
3: intrigued him to kind of focus on it. Maybe he's intrigued by that.
2: And he's always been quite fascinated by that kind of fakeness of America I think. Yes. The, the The happy, clean, suburban streets but actually it's very, very empty at its core or it's very dark yeah. at its core. And this is a similar <laughs> thing what we're seeing. Yeah, absolutely. And you, you see that a lot with that street, you know, the street that Dougie and the prostitute yeah. were in and the cars that keep driving up and down it and there's the that kind of junkie with her son that live opposite. and oh, that yeah, the one one nine lady. Yeah, that whole street is very peculiar.
3: <laughs> it is. It's is bizarre. uh The one thing that does happen to age uh, to, to Dougie and Agent Cooper is that in episode seven we get a little bit of the payoff of plot line where the the midget dwarf who um who has been sent on a mission and and really only has one move, which is kill. uh yes. And he he already has expressed uh, how good he is at that, and he outside Dougie's office tracks down Dougie and lunges for him this is kind of like the instinct kicking in the agent Cooper from within yeah uh, defends him off and pins him to the ground and and although he gets away he manages to 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 sort of you know overcome the attacker yes and then goes straight back to being the brain dead Dougie
2: I know it's just another moment where we think oh is he back no he's not um but you know piece by piece um and yeah and this is there now
3: I think that is just further confirmation he's in there it's coming
2: also, he's constantly got these kind of guides, these Black Lodge characters that are talking to him through this whole yeah. situation. So you've got Mike, the one-armed man, who every now and then he will see, and Mike is going, "Wake up! You've got to wake up! You know, you've got to kill the evil Cooper," and all this kind of stuff. And and then at that moment when he gets attacked by the assassin, he sees that tree. He sees that... Yeah,
3: which is the embodiment of uh, the man from the other place. Yes, that, it's of the... course, <laughs> he passed away a long time ago. They've changed him into a tree.
2: Yeah brilliant as you do brilliant as you
3: do. brilliant yeah uh, and even um, the tree has a doppelganger so you know
2: love it there's there's glimpses there's there's tiny shades of agent cooper that are kind of seeping out more and more with each week but where yeah. we're up to at the moment at the end of episode 7 he's still very much this brain dead Dougie. um but who knows what i'm hoping is that maybe by the halfway point by the end of episode 9 He'll be back, but we'll see. Yeah, it,
3: it, if, if you were writing this series, you would think, let's get to halfway. Don't bring him back too soon, but don't leave it too late. I, I don't want the series to end with, with only, like, one episode of Cooper.
2: Well, you know, um, with, with, with the movie oh, okay. Fire Walk With Me and... Uh... I remember, you know, a lot of people were very, very disappointed when the firewalk with me started oh, because yeah. within the first forty-five minutes there is no Twin Peaks. There's all these other weird characters. There's these whole new strands going on, and it takes a long time before we get to Laura Palmer and uh, and her dad. And I think he's doing the exact same thing with us this time. except, except that yeah. we've got a tree as an 18-hour film rather than a two-hour one so we're still in that first third where he's still he's still easing us in
3: the next kind of major plot area is is the, all around the fbi in general so we, we were introduced in episode three to gordon and albert and which, are, and, which uh, is great yes which is A real, real for those people missing cooper this is your kind of like oh but i'm going to give you this because you know these guys were a great double act and a great part of the twin peaks legend originally so it's great to see them you know in 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 the present and investigating yeah they have caught up now with the evil cooper which we assume is still inhabited by the the spirit of bob yeah and they have made their way now to south dakota and and and, and in the episodes that we're talking about they they interview this character i loved the bit where you press a button and and the room and the the, the curtain goes up and then you get to interview the person by pressing another button
1: yeah. I loved
3: all of that. It's all
2: part of that kind of building this real sense of dread, you know. I, 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 he, it's hard to put a finger on how he does it, David Lynch, but he makes you feel constantly like this real sense of unease by yeah. an, anything, any little thing, any a person walking down the street or a person pushing a button. Everything feels like, oh, God, something really terrible is, is, is afoot here.
3: <laughs> and and, and if another filmmaker would have just said, well, we'll start the scene with the film, with the thing, over right, up." Right, right. Lynch goes, "Nah, come on, let's show everything. You know, yeah. let build that tension, uh, which I just think is great. The evil Agent Cooper is obviously aware of who Gordon and Albert are, and he tries his best to,
2: <laughs> to play Agent Cooper.
3: The thumb up and the hello, my old friend and yeah. things like that, you know, little touches. But I think it's fairly obvious that specifically Gordon knows that something's wrong.
2: Gordon comes out of there and says, and it's really funny, it's, it feels like a very poignant line, but he, he says something like, Albert, I hate to admit this, but I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> it's like,
3: yeah. Yep. <laughs> and and I both. really loved the scene in the car park where Gordon and Albert talk alone and Gordon puts his hearing aid right up.
1: Oh, it's brilliant. And, it's and brilliant. he has,
3: and for the first time ever, Gordon doesn't shout. No. I've seen. He, he almost whispers.
2: And it makes that moment so much more tense again. You know? Yeah. I and mean, everything about that whole, the way it's filmed, it's kind of very, very kind of blue and gro- groovy. Yeah. And it's very, it's a, it's a real memorable moment, I think, that uh, that scene. Yeah. Um, David Lynch does a really good job, actually, playing Gordon. I, I remember him in the old series being a little bit more, it felt like he was a little bit more token and panto, whereas it feels like he's a bit more fleshed out, this series.
3: The other thing, which, again, is is kind of a nod to the old Twin Peaks fan is we finally find out that Diane is real.
2: Oh, it's a huge moment, yeah.
3: This is the biggest reveal of the series so far. I, I would think, say from, so. From a Twin yeah. point of view. Diane, for the uninformed, was uh, the, the name of the person that Coop was recording messages to on his uh, dictaphone. And there was always lots of theory that was Diane the name of the computer or the name of the typist or yeah. a fictional character that didn't exist except in Cooper's head. But played by Laura Dern... Uh, she's a very mysterious character what were your impressions when you saw her? Was it the, was it the, the sort of, you know, the mouth-open type situation?
2: It was kind of double excitement, really, because I was very excited that we were finally getting to see Diane. And I was triply excited that we got to see... that, that, it's, that it's Laura Dern. I, I think yeah. Laura Dern is a brilliant actress. Obviously, she's done a lot with David Lynch in the past. She's done Blue okay. Velvet and Wilder Heart and Inland Empire. And she... those two, are, they work so well. So I was really excited. And, and as ever with this series, we get, you know, two seconds of her... And and then we had to wait till the following week to see what happened next yeah. with her. And that, that was excruciating. But um, but then we actually got to spend quite a bit of time with Diane the following week. Yeah, we week were and...
3: rewarded for that patience, I think, with that, because I was worried that that would be it. I thought it was going to be at least enough of episodes before we got to see her again.
2: Yeah, it was very um, but, interesting. But
3: actually, Gordon Albert goes straight back and convince her to go and visit the, the evil Agent Cooper in prison in order to kind of verify who it is.
2: And again, a very lovely moment, very similar to the one we've just discussed, where this time Diane sits on the other side of the window and the curtain goes up and she speaks to Dale Cooper. And again, there's that real tense feeling of yeah. dread and you can see it in the look on Laura Dern's face. Oh, my God, this is not a, the Agent Cooper that I know. And she and she and she comes out and she says something to that effect to Gordon.
3: There is a real menace to the way that Karl McLaughlin is playing the evil Agent Cooper. There was in the first few episodes, and since he's been incarcerated, you were wondering, well, you know, how evil can he be? I think you've got a little taste of just the things that this guy has been doing for 25 years.
2: Yeah, and we'll go on to that as well later, but I think we we are starting to get little nuggets here and there of yeah. maybe what he has been up to this last 25 years, and it's all pretty horrible.
3: <laughs> yeah, and it, 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 one of the implications that that's made is that this Agent Cooper visited Diane after he left Twin Peaks. Yes. And that there was an incident. Yes. We don't know what. Probably you may not find out, but you get the impression that it was pretty serious what
2: happened. Yeah. Well, it seems like Diana since, because of that incident, left the FBI and become some sort of alcoholic. So, yeah, I mean, I'd say it's pretty bad.
3: <laughs> and, I mean, I mean, she's wearing a very striking blonde wig. You know, it's clearly a wig. She's yeah. clearly... She's smoking, she's drinking, and she's swearing like a sailor. Uh, which is hilarious again, because you know you don't know anything about this character, but for her to sort of <laughs> tell everyone in the way, you know, why don't you just f off? You know, it's brilliant, you know, as a character trait.
2: And another way in which this series, you know, is so different to the original is that now obviously that it's on Showtime, yeah. and you do have all of this swearing, you have this extreme violence, and you have this mm-hmm. nudity and sex as well, and it's all all stuff that you, oh, sure, you know, yeah. it, it's it's leagues, it's it's miles apart from the kind of soap opera nature of the
1: original. Have you told your friends about this podcast? Okay, here we go. No. It's just not my idea of a good time. Tell them now. That's what the people want to hear. This is The Custard TV Podcast. Good
3: to the last drop. From thecustardtv.com. Now, we remember that, that a body was discovered in episode one. We've now had it confirmed that that has Major Briggs' fingerprints. Now, Major Briggs was a big part of the first few se- first series, two series of Twin Peaks, and, and he was very much linked with the Log Lady and Agent Cooper... Uh, and, and, of course, his son was Bobby uh, Briggs, who was yes. uh, Laura Palmer's last-known boyfriend uh, and a major suspect in, in, in her murder investigation. So Major Briggs is a major character. Pardon the pun. <laughs> uh, sorry about that, yeah, I've been sitting on that one for a few years now. Um, <laughs> You've been waiting 25 years. I've been waiting 25 that. years for that one, yeah. Uh, what What do you think about this plot line? I mean, you, you, I, I love the fact that you'll notice you say Ernie Hudson. For anyone who doesn't know... <laughs> it, that, that, is that Tacklebury from No is only Hudson Tacklebury from Police um... No
2: i tell you where oh, I know him from it? It, He is the fourth Ghostbuster
3: Oh of course he is Yes that's he's
2: it. He's the one that isn't the main three that everyone remembers yeah, He's the one basically. that
3: joins at the end and can't stop thinking about the Stay Puft doll Yes, exactly. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Marshmallow Man. Yeah. Oh,
2: brilliant. Yeah. I love that. When I read it, I was like, oh, yeah. Ernie Hudson, of course. Ernie Hudson. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I mean, I think this is fascinating. I like this thread. I think, you know, what started off as seeming like a random new storyline oh, there's a headless body. Who does the body belong to, and who does the head belong to? All of a sudden, now the fact that it's linking Mm -hmm. back to Major Briggs. And not only is it Major Briggs, it's the Major Briggs that hasn't aged from 25 years ago. It's all. Yeah. I think that's a nice. It's a nice mystery, and it feels more like old twin Peaks to me, you know that you've got this mysterious dead body, you don't know what its background is, you don't know yeah. how it got to this point it's There's all kind of secrets surrounding it clearly, and it's yeah i I like that I hope that they I hope that that continues to slowly get sort of fleshed out
3: well, also, I quite like the detective and the the doctor in it from the scene as well because I quite liked the the kind of like the dumb simplicity of. Well, we've got a body with a head and a, and a body that are different. So, can yeah, you tell us anything about you know that kind of like well, again, we're it feels very We clearly out of our depth here.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And again, it's that same kind of feeling that you felt in the pilot when they discovered Laura Palmer. And it's yeah. this this kind of t- town of quite hopeless cops and and strange people trying to figure out what the hell is going on with this person, you know. And it's it it, it it has that real feel to it, which I really like. And it both kind of is something new and it's something that harks back to the original storyline. So, yeah, I think that's I think that's really interesting. I look forward to more on that on that front. But the, the, the very strange thing is that Major Briggs, uh, the actor who played Major Briggs, is, is no longer yeah. with us. And he died quite a few years ago. So, you know, obviously they're making the character of Major Briggs quite a major, quite a major. Well done uh, it now, well done. I've done it now. Uh, yeah. It made him quite a big storyline in this new series. And it's like, well, obviously we're not going to see him at any point.
3: So do, do but you I, think, I, this is a horrible thing to think, do you think Lynch separated the head from the body just so he didn't, didn't have to think about how to get around the fact the actor's not there?
2: Oh, totally. Totally. I I, reckon I mean it's true. a great
3: thing to do. But do you think he did it just because of that?
2: How long was Neil Armstrong actually on the moon? When did Europe start speaking English? Did Marco Polo really go to China? CuriosityStream is the streaming service for all things history, plus science, wildlife and more. What's the real story behind the Mona Lisa? We've got that. What caused the collapse of Rome? We know. Where did we find mankind's earliest ancestor? Come find out. For the holidays, get the gift of curiosity with 25% off gift cards for your curious cohorts. It's holiday shopping
3: season at curiositystream.com gift.
0: With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
3: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom?
0: Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time.
3: <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry.
0: I, I would say that's
2: partly the reason, yeah, and also, but but also it, he, it, I suppose again, it's very similar to Laura Palmer, who was never really a character in the series, mm. centre of all the action, and you oh, that's of, it, yeah. You kind of built up this image in your mind, at least mm-hmm. until you saw Firewalk with Me. But you built up this imaginary Laura Palmer and what she got up to and who she knew and her relationships with different people, and and maybe that's what we're going to get with Major Briggs, even though we're obviously never going to see the real character. Yeah we're going to slowly piece together where he's been for this last 25 years which is yeah again very interesting
3: the final kind of two streams is is what's back in twin peaks now uh, again people have been complaining that twin peaks is 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 hardly a, a focus of of the of the show i mean it, you know it's in the opening credits and that you know you haven't got a full array of characters but you do have a lot of characters uh, from the original series and a couple of new ones that have been there but um, yeah uh, the, the main thing is obviously they're focusing at the moment on the sheriff's department and we have the the, the most sort of well-known characters there you know hawk andy uh, and lucy you know who are all brought back from the original series and they're kind of reopening their investigation into dale cooper thanks to the log lady's message to to hawk about the you will find something you know if something is missing you'll find it with your heritage And and we get that. It ends up being a penny that he drops whilst going to the loo, and it rolls under the toilet, he rolls under the stalls, and he finds a missing page from Laura Palmer's diary hidden in the door. Even saying that, I can't quite believe that that's what happened. Even just I saying know. those words.
2: I know. It's very interesting. I mean, obviously again once again it all comes back to Laura Palmer and Laura Palmer's diary. It's 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 the kind of same motif that they use all through the first two seasons. Of any time anything was revealed, it was usually revealed in a, 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 a new way of mm. some sort. Um and it's still happening. And it and it is interesting because that those pages of that diary are referencing a dream that she had in the movie in Firewalk with Me, yeah, where Luke- yeah. Heather Graham, who plays Annie, kind of comes to her in the middle of the night in her bed and says, you know, the good Dale is trapped in the lodge and he can't leave, make sure you write this in your diary. And we never saw her write that down in the film, but apparently she did.
3: The new uh, chief of police, now we do now know that it is um, the original the original sheriff's brother, older brother, That's we've right. now sort of had that confirmed. And we now know that the younger brother, the original um, sheriff, is in hospital or recovering. Because he speaks to him on the phone. Now, that actor's passed away, hasn't
2: he? He's not passed away, well, but he's he's, he he's
3: he's quit he acting. To be
2: he's retired from acting.
3: Yeah, and I think I remember fearing th- that he didn't want to be involved in the new series. So when I say he's dead, I mean he's not involved in any way. We're not going to get him.
2: <laughs> he's, dead no to Lynch, yeah. he's dead to David Lynch. Dead to <laughs> David
3: Lynch.
2: Yeah, um, uh, very possibly. Unless, you know, a lot of people are hoping slash, you know, sort of w- wondering whether or not he'll make a surprise appearance. But who knows? Who yeah. knows? if he really didn't want to do it, why didn't they just kill that character off? You know, why yeah. are they still keeping him in? Why is he still speaking to his brother on the phone and stuff? Uh, and it, it is quite strange.
3: Enti- maybe Lynch's idea was, well, look, once he sees how successful it is, maybe you want to come back. If not, I'll just kill him off off screen. It won't matter. Yes, exactly. Maybe another lovely scene, which again, one, a lot that's been getting a lot of praise is the Skype scene, uh, with the, really? the original doctor, uh, not doctor who, uh, the original doctor of the series who Doc won- Haywood
2: he played Donna's dad and also the actor Warren Frost is Mark Frost's dad um, oh, in real life and again has now passed away after filming that scene, that Skype scene so yeah. um, very, very quite quite sad but really lovely to see him and also that the fact that that episode aired on Father's Day as well was oh, quite really odd, odd. Yeah. Wow. Um, awesome. it was really nice to see him and you know we'll go through the other strands of Twin Peaks but I, I think you know piece by piece again he's drip fed us more and more of twin peaks and actually by the time we've got to the most recent episode episode seven i think i think actually the majority of the storylines took place in twin peaks and it feels like yeah. we are slowly moving our way back it,
3: it feels like the year the universe is shifting so that everybody will end up there
2: yes Doc Hayward basically says, "Yeah, the last time I saw Agent Cooper, he was just coming out of visiting Audrey Horn in hospital, and 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 again, that kind of rings quite dark alarm bells because uh, yeah, you just think what was Agent Cooper doing to Audrey in a hospital bed, and 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 also there's more theories about that because of another character that we're introduced to, which we'll get onto in a minute.
3: Yeah, I I I've read some very disturbing theories which have made me go, oh, I don't want to think about that for a minute. Yes, uh, exactly. but Audrey was in the bank." that got blown up right at the end of series two so we have no idea do we know if sherylyn fenn has said that she's going to be in this are we likely i mean she's another one that distanced herself from twin peaks pretty quickly when it ended
2: she's definitely in it Uh, she's been in all the promotional uh i mean
3: we're gonna get her aren't we
2: Oh yeah, I mean, I think that's the thing that all fans, as much, almost as much as the when will Dougie become Dale Cooper, the the <laughs> other thing that everyone is waiting for is when will we see Audrey Horn? and she's the last, pretty much, I think, the last character to be revealed. So, yeah, hopefully any day now. I I I predict within the next one or two
3: episodes we'll see Audrey. If you're wrong, you will have to pay a forfeit. Okay. Okay, that's, fine, fine. That's I'm fine. All I'm saying, you know, that's you, fine. You, you, we should mention Pewter because it's the only scene which I think completely divides fans is Michael Cera's appearance as Marlon Brando
2: yeah <laughs> yeah it's the
3: only scene so far that has had people going right
2: well, yeah, I mean, the the other thing that's been happening throughout this whole series is that we've had a, a string of of cameos, essentially, mm. you know, and sometimes they've been more than that, like Naomi Watts, and sometimes they've been literally one scene, and we've not seen anything more. Michael Serra, I've got a feeling we'll never see again, and he just oh, had no. this one scene, you know? Yeah. Um, he's playing Andy and Lucy's son. And, and in series two, 25 years ago, Lucy was pregnant. And now we're yeah. seeing that he is this, this, this child of theirs is Michael Cera, um, who basically gives a very lengthy monologue about, what he's been doing he's been traveling what he misses about twin peaks and he's doing it yep. all in the style and in the look of of marlon brando uh, and and his name the the character's name is wally brando i believe yeah. Uh, so yeah very
3: yeah, very very great very good. i suppose you can't love everything it was
2: kind of like we talked about before. It was like one of those jokes that starts funny, then stops being funny, and then it for me it kind of became funny again in in how yeah. long it went on for. But yes, it was a bit odd. I don't really need to see all these A list stars pop up in Twin Peaks. To be honest, I'd rather just see no. Twin Peaks
3: characters. <laughs> Andy seems to have got himself into a little bit of a something. He was heavily involved in sort of you know the the, the coffee and the donut scene in the room, but he appears to be kind of investigating or looking into a, a, a situation at a local. I suppose you'd call it a local farm or a
2: something. Yes, something, exactly. I, I, yes, who knows what that is, um, whether or not that's linked to some local crime, which we haven't talked about yeah. yet, we'll talk about in the next strand. But yeah, it, who knows, that was a whether very it's, mysterious yeah, it's related thing. related
3: to the drugs, we don't know. We probably assume it is, but there's, the no, there's is- no way of knowing.
2: The only thing that might be worth mentioning is that Andy a- arranged to meet this guy who was a suspect. He said, I'll yep. meet you at 4.30. And 4.30 was well, 4.30 was the number that the yep. giant said at the beginning of episode one. Remember and said, 430. remember 4.30. Yeah. So, you There's know, whether or not that, that means anything, who knows?
3: So the, the last strand really is the is the the, the town of Twin Peaks itself, and you know, as we said, we've been reacquainted with Norma and Shelley at the uh, the red at the at the diner. Um, what did you think of the other big sort of like celebrity appearance of uh, Amanda Siegfried?
2: I didn't mind that so much actually, and I think because it feels to me like that maybe was an important story that's going to come back. So essentially, we find out Shelley has got this this daughter fully grown daughter who is played by amanda seyfried and she is dating this guy who is played by this actor called caleb landry jones who has been in films recently like get out um he's a very very creepy but very good actor and uh this guy that she's dating is clearly not a good guy and uh the two of them kind of do these drugs and they drive off and god knows what they're up to and i got a real Feeling of nostalgia from that. It felt like a mix between, you know, Laura Palmer, you know, this this very sweet blonde yeah. girl that will go off and get involved with the wrong people and do drugs and you know corrupt herself. And it also felt a little bit like Shelley too, you know, Shelley with Leo Johnson um, yeah, and, and and Bobby back and in the yeah, day. Yeah, Bobby
3: well.
2: Yeah. So I liked all that. I think I think that was all quite interesting. And what I'm hoping is that that is more than just a cameo. That that is going to be yeah. a proper a story strand that we're going to come back to. Actually, the other thing we didn't mention, we, t- we just mentioned Bobby, and we, we forgot to mention in the sheriff's department, we see Bobby, and he is a cop. Oh, of course, cop.
3: yeah, Bobby's a cop
2: now. And actually, I really loved that moment, because it was a moment of, there was a real build-up, we saw him in the in the distance from behind, and then he turned round, and we saw it was Bobby, and then, and then he walks in on Hawk and Lucy mm-hmm. and Andy, all in the middle of this, looking back through all these yeah. case the, files. The classic
3: picture of Laura Palmer from yes. the front of her. And- Yes. And From the just, front of the released version of her diary, you know, that kind of her in her kind of prom outfit.
2: The the photo we've all seen. It's on the front the front of the box set. Oh that's for, it, yes. And um He he walks in and he sees that photo and suddenly we hear this this Angelo Badalamenti music and we zoom yeah. in on his face as he starts to cry and all of a sudden it stops being this new very dark very edgy Twin Peaks and it becomes this old 90s soap opera again and it, it's yeah. like this moment where we suddenly go back and he goes and he remembers and he goes it's Laura Palmer and he he, he suddenly his acting changes and he goes very over the top and everything yeah. suddenly becomes and it's almost like there's this little flicker where you're like look, look at how much has changed because everything yeah. even the style of acting the music the way that that scene plays out is is like the old twin Peaks, but a lot's changed since then you know and it was a nice little callback
3: we've got various situations regarding richard horn and his brother um which which again are very weird so richard horn is still running the hotel
2: oh ben uh, ben,
3: ben horn sorry uh, and his brother and um sorry his son richard is obviously a big part of something we're going to talk about in a minute but ben horn there's a very confusing scene where He's talking to his his new secretary. Now, what's her name in real life? Because She's famous as well. It's not, oh, it's
1: not Ashley Judd.
3: Thank you. Yes, Ashley Judd. And they hear a strange noise in the wood in the uh, in, in, in the hotel. Now, this is very reminiscent of things because uh, originally Ben Horn used to have hidden compartments that he could go and spy on people. And Audrey found it, didn't she, in the original series? That's how she found out that her dad was the one who was sleeping with Laura Palmer originally or, his, you know, things like that. Yeah. So they hear something and they end up by a plan and then it kind of ends
2: and again multiple theories about what this is all about you know like whether or not that humming noise was the key the agent cooper's door key that had been sent yep. from las vegas and you know yes. just the, all the mystery supernatural stuff that surrounds agent cooper maybe the key is, is is making that noise the other thing is that it could be josie who is still stuck in the doorknob yes. or in the walls of the hotel i think that that's the most popular theory especially the way that the camera in that very david lynch dread kind of way kind of zooms into this wooden panel as as we hear mm-hmm. this humming noise get louder and louder and something about it makes you think, yeah, that's Josie in there or something. Who knows, yeah, though?
3: Who knows? There's certainly something. So, And, and of course, how closely the, the, the Black Lodge was revolved with the, the hotel, because, of course, yes. uh, that's where Agent Cooper is shot. That's where he meets the giant for the first time, the old man. You know, the, the, there is a, almost a theory that the, the, the Black Lodge is in the hotel as well, you know, or the, certainly the characters Absolutely. Uh, Inhabit the hotel. So that's very much sort of crossed over from there. We've mentioned Richard Horn, so I think we ought to talk next about the drugs and the crime and the one action scene that we've had so far that's really touched people and really, really affected people that have seen it.
2: Richard Horn is a character, I think, probably the biggest new character that we've been introduced to in Twin Peaks itself. Mm -hmm. And. We only know he's Richard Horn because of the credits. He's never, yeah. he's never. Nobody's ever said his name, and in in the credits, the actor's character is called Richard Horn. So obviously, in some way, he's either related to Ben or Audrey or Ben's brother, but we don't know yet. He is a not a nice man, and the first time we see yeah. him, he's in he's in the Roadhouse, and he's basically trying to molest some some girls in there. Um, very very kind of threatening, menacing looking guy. And then the next time we see him, he's dealing with this drug dealer, um, who's played by the actor Balthazar Getty who was in a few David Lynch films he was in Lost Mm. Highway and stuff and again this guy doesn't seem very nice either and and it it seems to be a hint that that the fact that uh, this guy played by Balthazar Getty is Carrying drugs across the border and giving them to Richard to deal. So again, that's very history repeating itself because that was kind of what happened with Bobby and Leo and all of that stuff with one-eyed. Yeah, the Renault brothers
3: were also. Yeah.
2: On his drive back from meeting this drug dealer, he runs over a child. He smacks really fast into this child. I'm assuming kills the child and carries on driving. That's so far all we've seen of Richard Horn, and it's not good.
3: No, uh, uh, and and the link is there that we saw the Harry Dean Stanton character who was the trailer park owner uh, from uh, the the first part of uh, Fire with Me. The Chris Isaac and Keitha Sutherland who go off to investigate this previous murder that Cooper thinks is related uh, or disappearance, doesn't it? He? he thinks is yeah. related, and they interview Harry Dean Stanton because she lived and she disappeared uh, in in that trailer park, um, and, and he goes into town. Uh, as he does every day, apparently, uh, and he witnesses the 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 the, the, um, the, the what would you call it—an automobile accident—and um, and he's yes. the only one that walks up to the woman, isn't he? Sort of puts his arm round her and kind of tries to make sure that she's okay. And it is a very long, drawn-out, typical yeah. David Lynch scene
2: a really emotional and really impactful one though actually it's 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 done really well the way that these two strands come together you've got this very calm scene where harry dean stanton is sat watching this mother and child play and everything's very sedate and then it's cutting that between Mm. that and and richard horn very angry driving his car very fast as these two elements come you know literally smack together uh it's very good yeah and who knows how this ties in with everything else the only thing i can assume and this is the big theory that everyone has is that richard horn is audrey horn's son and yeah. maybe was born of audrey horn and evil dale cooper because yeah. audrey audrey horn and cooper always had this will they won't they thing going on and she was always in love with him but dale cooper was always very much like no you're a, you know you're younger than me i'm a yeah. i'm a i'm a lawman Agent. of the fbi i can't do this but obviously evil cooper won't have any of the morals that he has and i wonder whether no. he got out of the black lodge either they had consensual sex or maybe not and uh and yeah. richard horn was the product of that so who knows That's
3: right and, and then there's been all sorts of questions you know does he have the spirit of bob in him and things like that and you know, but we don't yeah. know, and I I don't think that we'll ever get answers to that question until t- a lot later in the series. But
2: I it would... brings about a lot of very exciting stuff. You know, if we do get Agent Cooper back, which I'm hoping we will soon, it's then going to be about I'm assuming him returning to Twin Peaks and kind of atoning for all the stuff he's, his his evil doppelganger did to yeah. everyone around him. You know, which is which yeah. is really interesting.
3: We did get a little bit at the Roadhouse. We did get uh, another Renault brother. Because Jacques Renault was killed. There was another Renault that captured Agent Cooper or captured Audrey, didn't he? And then this is the third Renault who's still still involved. This is where the sweeping scene comes in. That's uh, that's right. That's right. right. And it's revealed that he's still providing ladies and uh, running drugs for anyone that wants it
2: it's so funny because he's played by the same actor as you say as as jacques renault who we thought was killed was smothered to death with a pillow by leland palmer but he's back anyway and again it's david lynch's obsession with doppelgangers and actors playing multiple roles and yeah doubles and twins um so yeah obviously again it's that very much you know history repeating itself nothing much has changed in this town all the same kind of seedy things are going on basically
1: yeah We'd love to hear from you. Drop us an email. tv Reviews at gmail.com
3: The the last and the most political part of the show. You know, this isn't Lynch is not known for his political statements, but this one definitely has a, a hint of the topical and political. Doc Haywood, the psychiatrist who was uh Slightly obsessed with Laura Palmer and was treating Laura Palmer.
2: Oh, yes. Oh, uh, doc, doc, uh, Dr. Jacoby.
3: Uh, okay, with Dr. Jacoby. Sorry, my mistake. Dr. Jacoby. And he, uh, in the first couple of episodes, was seen buying a lot of shovels and painting them gold. And we just thought, David Lynch, um, <laughs> basically. Uh, but we find out that uh, he's a kind of internet entrepreneur stroke broadcaster promoting far-right uh, fake news kind of thing and and the shovels are uh, I i don't want to, to, to swear on this but they say basically shovels for shoveling up your dung
2: that's right that's uh, right and he's
3: selling them for nineteen ninety-five plus shipping and postage and packing and all that um, and some rather interesting characters listen to his uh, well I suppose podcast who did we see Mike
2: we saw one of my favourite characters from the old series, that is Nadine, one-eyed yep. Nadine, uh, who is just brilliantly mad, uh, basically encompasses most of what Twin Peaks is all about, which is pure insanity, uh, and I feel like we've not seen enough of her yet, we literally no. get about three seconds of her on screen watching Dr. Jacoby's podcast. I'm kind of and nodding it.
3: along, isn't she, sort of, you know, very much kind of interested in what he's saying.
2: And she was always the one in the old series that was obsessed with that soap opera, and she'd always be watching it on TV Oh yeah, as well, so she's clearly not changed much but um but yeah we with get drapes. a little
3: that's with drapes quiet drapes <laughs> yeah. don't
2: really know what they're gonna do beyond this with dr Jacoby. you know is that it is that is that just one little gag when you look at all of these storylines combined a lot of people are saying oh it's so different to the original it's not the same it kind of is really you've still yeah. got you've still got this collection of oddball characters you've still got this mystery where you have no idea where it's going or what quite what's going on and yet at the same same time you're still drawn to want to watch on it's all very much reminiscent of the original series to be honest
3: i know when we spoke last time there was a little bit of trepidation around the early episodes if this wasn't twin peaks would you've given up by now
2: it's it's a really interesting question because it's so hard to answer that because it's so all about the original series and your memory of it and your expectations of it and I imagine yes, if this was just some random new series that I'd flicked onto I think I may have given up by now Um, in the same way that I think if people who never watched the original Twin Peaks watched this, they would have given up by now I think the whole point of what David Lynch is doing with this is all about memory and age and how everyone has gotten older
3: i've seen somebody say this is david lynch's love letter to the original fans this is almost david Lynch going you guys loved twin peaks more than the television network did and you you made it what it is and i'm giving this for you now
2: totally it's all that but it also it really is a new beast as well and it is a new david lynch thing and it's also very weird and different in its own right um so i think he's doing really well i think he is he's 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 teasing us with just yeah. enough every week to keep everyone happy and on tender hooks to watch the following week. But he's also baffling us with all this new stuff. And up until the last episode, I was, i you know, if you'd asked me this last week, I would have been a little bit more trepidatious. But I think actually this most recent episode, episode seven, yeah he started to bring together all of these strands so they all started to link up a bit more and suddenly we discovered oh that headless body is major briggs from twin peaks and yeah. oh you know laura dern the, you know is diane and she knows agent cooper and she knows that's not the real agent cooper and suddenly all of these different stories look like they might be heading in a direction now which is really nice
3: and, and i'm sure we won't get resolution on everything and you know as we said was it 18 episodes you know we've only had seven now and then, so we have 11 still got, to go uh, more to go than we've seen, which is always a We're not, a good thing. We're not yeah, halfway that's,
2: yet. It's so lovely to know that we're not even at the halfway mark, yeah.
3: We would highly recommend, if you used to watch Twin Peaks and you haven't given this new series a go, binge it now. Beg, borrow, or steal a Sky login and, and get on it.
2: Definitely. And, and I think binge watching is, is actually a great way to do it because, you know, yeah. so, so little happens that actually across seven episodes you're going to get a substantial amount, which is what you'd want.
3: <laughs> yeah. But don't worry, Mike and I will not be binge watching. We will be back another time. We will discuss episode 8, but we'll discuss the strands rather than giving you kind of like a review of episode 8. I like this idea. I, I like this idea that we'll talk about what what progressed and what started and what, you know, because we could get, next week could be something completely different.
2: Absolutely.
3: Mike, where can the people find you on the Twitter if they want to get in contact with you?
2: They can find me on at uh, M Muncer, which is M-M-U-N-C-E-R. I also have a podcast called Back Row Movies, and you can tweet us there. We're at Back Row Films.
3: You can tweet me at The Gary Show. If you want to email us, you can do so at custard tv Reviews with an S on the end at gmail.com. Uh, it goes to fellow podcaster Matt, but he has promised me that he'll let me and mike know what questions we get in. <laughs> uh, and, and we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to know, you know, if you're a new Twin Peaks fan, how are you getting on? If not, if you're an old Twin Peaks fan, what do you love? What don't you love? Uh, what theories have you got? As I said, Mike and I have found a number of theories, some nice, some not. Uh, and I think that's the great thing about a show like this, it's the, the conversations that you have with other fans because it's such a wide universe that Twin Peaks exists in it's all your fault Lynch and if we ever find you we are going to hug you probably (laughs) uh, Uh, right thank you very much and we'll be back uh, another time
1: Rate and review us wherever you find us. Search The Custard TV on YouTube, iTunes and Facebook.